It's 95.7 WBUJ Music for the Independent Mind. What's up, Pitches? Welcome back to Pitch Slapped. I've always wanted to do that intro. Yes. And if you didn't know, today's episode is going to be all around the radio station, Barden Radio, or WBUJ as they call it, in the movie. And to delve into this whole scene as we do another bit of our watch through of Pitch Perfect 1, I felt like we were going into sort of a Jekka sphere, Becca and Jesse, and so I needed somebody who didn't hate Jesse to join me, so I enlisted the help of... uh, fan fiction writer suit up to kind of help me look at this scene so be warned we will be taking a little look at uh, Jekka today and the whole world of Becca and Jesse's kind of first meeting like proper first meeting I've also got some fan fiction highlights for you and of course starting off with our actor news taking a look at our actor news this week Skylar Austin is celebrating the finale of Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist and he's been doing so much press in and around the finale and obviously they're pushing to bring it on for another season and man, the amount of songs that are in that TV show, so many. It's been a joy just kind of seeing them trickle through every single week and so watch this space, we'll be finding out whether or not Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist is going to be back for another season. In other news, Ben Platt. Big Ben Platt news this week. My word. Earlier this week, Ben Platt shared the release of the trailer for the film Dear Evan Hansen. The movie will be coming out, apparently, on the 24th of September this year. And it's all based around the musical in which Ben Platt starred in. It's been talked about so much, this whole musical. His performance... I mean, I never seen it. I just know that there were so many reports of how good he was in it and how powerful the performance was. And so I know he's a little bit older than the character and it might look a little bit odd, but I know that they really wanted to catch his performance in this role in some way, shape or form. I am very, very excited. And the cast looks amazing as well. So can't wait. So much good stuff. Ben Platt is well busy at the moment. And finally, Anna Kendrick is apparently part of the Lifetime and the Hollywood Reporters Presents Women in Entertainment, the Next Generation Special. They're hosting on the 24th of May and it includes the likes of not only Anna Kendrick but Elizabeth Olsen and Lana Condor. And the whole thing is about celebrating female trendsetters, industry leaders and potential female power players. And it's an hour-long show highlighting these great women in entertainment. So watch this space. Right, I feel like it's time that we prepare ourselves to delve into WBUJ. It's Barton Radio. So we've been doing the watch-through of Pitch Perfect and we've done, like... Welcome to bars, and we've done the activities fair, we've done Becca's dad. We're now going to be delving into the next part of our watch through, which takes us to the radio station. We watch at the end of the activities fair scene, Becca goes to the internship booth, 
And then we watch Becca going to her first day at the internship. And to help me watch through this section, I have asked Carol, aka Suit Up, to join me. Hi, Carol. Hello. I am so excited for you to join me today as we're going to like delve into this scene. Yes, let's do this. Especially because I was very aware when I was trying to find someone to join me doing the radio station bit that it's a very big Jesse scene. And I know that Jesse's not the most liked character. He's a bit of a Marmite character. Either you kind of like him or there's a lot of people that just don't get on with Jesse. So you're okay with Jesse? I am. Yeah, yeah. I think he's a pretty lovable character, actually. I use him a lot in my fix. He's very useful to either as Becca's wingman or the one that I would pair Aubrey with. I use him a lot for that. I love it when he's like the wingman. Mm-hmm. Like when like Becca and Jesse like best buds and they just have this great banter between them. Yeah, it's exactly. It's like a lot of fun. It's either Jesse and Becca or Stacy and Becca in my fix. Like the, that bromance. Yeah. We'll probably get into it a little bit as we go through the scene, but like, I feel like you get a little bit of that kind of dynamic between them as we go through. So I'm kind of excited Definitely. to kind of, yeah, to kind of get into that and to see it. I almost forgot, but you reminded me that there's a deleted scene as well. This like extended version it, of this scene. Yeah, it's not exactly a deleted scene. It's just that they have lines that are added in the extended version of the scene. So some of it is already in the movie. And then there's more jet dialogue in the extended version. Yeah, and I think that that extended version adds a lot. Definitely. To the scene. I, I, I like, thought it was a bit stupid to actually get rid of it. Because I think it tells us much more about the characters, especially Jesse's. It's funny because there's a number of extended scenes. Similar to this one is the one uh, with Becca and her dad. Mm-hmm. And both of them just kind of add so much more to what happened than what you actually see in the movie. So it's going to be really fun to like go into them a bit more and to look at these characters. Yep. So as we delve into Bard and Radio, obviously this happens straight after the activities fair. And then we get Becca walking in to this place that we find out is the radio station. I always find it quite interesting when she first walks in and there's like the guy at the reception and, and she's quite nervous. She, she comes across kind of a little bit like, yeah, you know, she's quite polite to the guy and getting in there. And it's just yeah, like, you know, I was surprised about that too. Like she's very shy, like a freshman, I guess, when you <laughs> just start college and yeah, just don't know who everybody is and where where everything is and yeah I think also like just for the fact that out of everything that being in college is this is like one thing that she kind of could want to do yes exactly it has to do with music so obviously it's like the best thing we should say that she can do here in Barton a place she doesn't want to be in yeah so they, she gets through the door and it, they have this pan of the station. What's your first impression of Bard and Radio? Uh, I was expecting something better. It looked like <laughs> kind of a, a warehouse, sort of. I just find the place a bit, I don't know. It doesn't, it's not very welcoming. Uh, at, least not, at least outside of the booth. I guess the booth is better, uh, but otherwise it's just, stacks of cds so it's yeah i don't know it's not very welcoming 
It is an interesting place. I know later on Becca's dad refers to it as this like dark, dingy <laughs> place, like dingy. Yeah, cam- yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's the word. <laughs> I I also think they they try and kind of obviously they're going for a certain aesthetic with the place, and I was like watching the scene and like looking at the station. Obviously, like you said, they've got the stacks of CDs. There's also a balcony around the top that I often forget oh, yeah, about. There is. It has other stacks of stuff going on. Yeah. Uh, there's graffiti on the walls. I mean, it's also lined with music posters. There are music posters mm-hmm. literally all over the place. And then you've already got the desks where they've obviously got people working. In the centre, yeah. you've got the booth. Or having sex, apparently. <laughs> apparently. Like- <laughs> <laughs> Who does that in college? I, I have no idea. I, uh, <laughs> clearly, this is a thing. I worked at I guess so. a community radio station and that <laughs> was never a thing. So I don't know what they're doing at Barden. Wild. <laughs> Just wild animals. I think also they're trying to be kind of this hip, like trendy, like oh, quite a young radio station obviously Mm -hmm. like it's run by students yeah i noticed though that on the side there's like a little lounge area musical instruments and stuff oh i didn't notice that i guess i'm not as prepared as you are (laughs) (laughs) it did make me wonder because obviously being a radio station whether so so i'm gonna like geek out over radio stuff just Mm, everybody whether they did like live music sets or they had bands coming in to like interview or to play stuff um yeah, it could be that's a cool theory yeah one thing that i did have a question about though is in the station there was a scooter did you see the scooter in the i back? didn't there's like a, a yellow it looks like a like, like it's orange it looks like a vespa okay and i was like how did they get a vespa in there what is it doing in the studio <laughs> probably as a decorative thing like uh hipster kind of thing <laughs> maybe i mean i feel like vespas are for, are for hipsters if this if it's just going to be a de- decorative item that's true that's true i mean i can't imagine luke riding a vespa i can't so- either <laughs> <laughs> and then again i don't know he's he, he's got his whole like beanie and just t-shirt kind of thing going on maybe he's a hipster i don't know Tattoos. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, maybe that's just for show. Maybe he doesn't ride it around Barden when he's. (laughs) So yeah, so we got this like really hit place. Beck is there, and you kind of I like the fact that they kind of give you this first impression of the station as Becca walks in, and you kind of get that whole sense of like, this is where she wants to be to some extent. Like yeah, exactly. Like this could belong to her universe, and maybe she hopes that. You know, it wouldn't be as terrible as she she thought it would be at the beginning when her dad probably told her, you're going to college. It's like a glimmer of hope, I guess, when she walks in and she's like, okay, maybe I can do this. Yeah, like after everything that she's kind of seen or gone through, like this feels probably the closest to getting some outlet of what she wants to do. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, it's not necessarily producing, but like you said, it's part of music and being able to be in the studio and in the booth and like all that stuff could really like be something she sinks her teeth into yep i think also like just thinking about it the fact that obviously she uses the station later on to try and submit her music like she's seen a use for it 
in what she wants to do as well. So like, yeah, definitely. Obviously wants to be there, wants to do this. And this is kind of an important step. Yep. I also loved the fact that we got, obviously we get to hear Luke for the first time across the, the airwaves. And he sort of says, apparently the name of the station is 95.7 WBUJ. And then he says music for the independent mind. So every time I have to talk about the radio station in a fic, I have to look it up because I cannot remember it. <laughs> it's too complicated. I don't know. So <laughs> I was trying to figure it out though, because I was like, what does WBUJ stand for? So B is probably Barton. And then you got uh, university. University. And then, I don't know, W. And obviously the catch line is music for the independent mind. So they're trying to be like hip and we're, no, we're not going to be the mainstream. We're going to be off the mainstream. We're going to be your alternative kind of station. Yeah. But I also Googled it because I was like, maybe if I Google it, I'll be able to figure out what W and J stand for in the I was title. just doing that right now and I, I can't didn't, find anything. So yeah, there's, I couldn't find anything apart from the fact that there is actually a station called WBUJ that is a college station in Miami, Florida, apparently. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I couldn't figure out what WBUJ, the, like, the complete thing would be. It's kind of bugged me, but <laughs> I don't know. Because... I didn't know. I asked you guys about the radio station and what your thoughts were on the name of the radio station. What does WBUJ stand for? Luckily, there are other people that are more into the know than I am. Teresa shared on Twitter, apparently the W is actually quite a common thing for stations in the States. The letters K and W are assigned for commercial use. Apparently, all radio stations in the States have a four-letter identification code. So that is like the four letters that identify the Barden University radio station, dating all the way back to telegrams. So there you go. That is where the W comes from. That still doesn't give us the J at the end. And Nelly on Twitter suggested that it could mean jams, which I quite like. Barden University jams. I'm enjoying that whole idea. Would you listen to that station if it was uh, around? I like, in, I like independent music, so yeah, definitely. Especially if they play Becca Mitchell's mixes at some point. Yes, <laughs> totally, yes. I've always wondered what my brain like goes there because I quite enjoy radio. If anybody knows me, it's kind of like my hobby. And I always like to imagine, that, okay, we get to see Becca at the station and then later on in the booth and it's like I wonder what type of radio presenter she would be or like what her role in the station would be whether she'd get involved with like live music or she'd play her own stuff yeah I think she'd play her own stuff with like very sarcastic bits in between the songs and yeah I would see her do that I think at the beginning, maybe she wouldn't be as like vocal, but when you see her from like transitioning to Pitch Perfect 2, you can see her like growth and you could imagine like her being a radio presenter and kind of owning the mic. and Yeah, like definitely said, much more. Yeah, that little sarcastic mm-hmm. side to it. I think she'd be quite sassy on the yep, radio. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so we get then to Luke. What was your first impression of Luke? I think I thought he was sexy. <laughs> 
I think that was the sole purpose of his character. <laughs> I'm sorry, Luke, but yeah, as Jesse says it later in the scene, it's just like, you know, muscles, tattoos, and whatnot. And yeah, a bit uh, like arrogant. Oh, because yeah. his first word, words basically are, have you been standing here long? But uh, like a little bit condescending to me. I I think that that whole bit when you, you get Luke for the first time and Becca's kind of, I mean, she's not been stood there long from what we've gathered. She's just kind of yeah. walked in and then he kind of comes out of the booth and the awkwardness of Becca in that moment, like I like relate so much to yeah. just like that whole bit. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. And then he, he then he calls her Becky. Yeah, or or maybe before that he says no freshmen allowed in the booth or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's awkward as well, <laughs> <laughs> in my opinion. I I feel so like yeah bad for Becca because like clearly she's just arrived to do the internship she's just like checking out the station she's all there and she has this awkward like interaction with Luke which is not very long like it's a few seconds when he comes out and he's obviously made an assumption that she's been hanging around there and and then he goes back into the booth and she follows him and he's like oh no freshman allowed in the booth (laughs) and you get this whole like feeling that she really wants to make a good impression like yeah this is where she wants to be. This is like at least the thing that she can utilize here at Barden and she wants to make this work. And yeah, for sure. So you you get like the nervous side of Becca that you don't kind of see very often or that like earnestness to like want to make this a good experience. Yeah, I agree. I think it's the first time from in the movie that we see we see that. Before she's not bothered by anything, and then it's just like that scene shows us that yeah, she she wants to do something with this. Yeah, I think that's quite true because everything else up to this point, she's not been interested in. Like it's not what she wants to do. So you kind of you see that whole side of Becca, and you know she doesn't want to be at Barden, and it's all a bit of a drag. And then when it's something that's part of her interest, like you actually see that she wants to this is her trying and this is her like getting involved and to see this kind of almost nervous side of it. I think it's quite endearing just to be like, you Mm -hmm. know, when it is something that she's interested in, when she can see the value in it working towards what she wants to do, that like she really tries. For sure. It's so nice to see that side of Becca that you haven't kind of seen before. It is. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And then of course, like this is all happening. She's trying and then he calls her Becky (laughs) And she doesn't even have the chance to correct him. So that's even more awkward because if you don't correct the person right there, when are you going to do it? Exactly. Oh, by the way, you've been speaking to me for like half an hour, but my name is not Becky, it's Becca. It's just awkward. (laughs) (laughs) It is because like she, and I was like often thinking about it. There was no point in that scene where she could have properly corrected him without being more awkward. Yeah. So it was too late. (laughs) From the beginning. <laughs> so that whole good impression, I like, she's now going to have to like put up with the fact that her name is now Becky to, <laughs> to Luke. Yeah. And then of course, like all of this happens because Jesse walks in. Jesse. Yeah. I, I like to call him the storm of an excitable golden retriever. <laughs> because he just has the same energy as a dog of that breed has. Like just rambles on and 
wants to like be the best out of everything and just please everyone. And that's the first vibe that I got from him. I was trying to think of a good way to describe how he came across in this scene. And I think you've just described it so well. <laughs> because, yeah, I think the way he is and has, has he's just generally quite excited and outgoing. Yeah. And completely different to Becca. Exactly. But not so different. Like you can see that he's sarcastic as well, especially in the extended version. Oh, yeah. And you get that banter between them, especially mm -hmm. the extended one. You yep. see like a little bit of it in the normal version. But yeah, like they kind of work up this great banter that kind of comes between offsetting the two of them. But Jesse, he's so talkative. He, he is. He just rambles on about randomness. It's kind of tiring. I mean, <laughs> witnessing this live, it would just be like, dude, shut up. And I feel like maybe that's what's going through Becca's mind at the moment. I'm not sure, but she, can, she kind of seems fed up with him already. I think, to be honest, with the first bit that you get with Becca and Jesse, this is them properly meeting for the first time. Yeah. Obviously, they made eye contact in the arrival scene, but this is like the first time they're exchanging words. Yeah. And when he comes in and then immediately is like to Luke, oh, I know this person. Exactly. How would you be if that had happened to you? I would be, I would feel awkward and just a bit like, who is this dude? I don't know him. He claims to know me and that's just weird or something. Because like, yeah, I would be genuinely taken aback yeah. By that like, point, he just reminds me of one of those very outgoing people who will sometimes just say things to get you involved or like to drag you into the conversation or something like yeah. that. But it's just like, it feels like it's he's trying too hard. Yeah. Especially with the next bit. Oh, you were in your taxi. Is your dad a taxi driver? <laughs> and et cetera. It's just, just give her a breather. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's just got, he comes in as a whirlwind. And yeah. yeah, like that first bit, like I can appreciate Becca's defenses going kind of straight up because you're there going, I'm For here sure. to make a good impression. This is my thing. I'm, I want to be here. I want to make music. And this guy's come in. You've already been called Becky. Yeah, he's coming late. <laughs> and then he's telling your new station manager that this guy you've just met and you want to make a good impression on that you already know each other and you've never spoken two words to each other until this point. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so yeah, Paul Becker, I can appreciate like just shutting down just a little bit, just being like feeling a little bit threatened with this guy who's just kind of come to say, oh, I know this person. And I'm, there, I'm thinking, we haven't spoken. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously that takes us to uh, CD stacking. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not the most glamorous thing you could be doing at a radio station. For sure. Well, she says it, right? This is exactly what I wanted, stacking CDs in her very sarcastic ways. Yeah. There's just a line in the extended version that Jesse says that cracks me up. He says, I really love stacking CDs. I, I was actually offered a job to test marijuana on your appetite. And I was like, no, I really want to stack CDs because we're here with a very dirty desk because that is def definitely what happened here. And it's just, it, it shows how, how much of a sarcastic person he is. 
Yeah, so, I think yeah. between him and Becky, because this is when you get once Luke leaves and, mm-hmm. and doing whatever he's doing at the station, like they're just left to their own devices. This is them first properly having their first interaction. Like you said, that Jesse, he's the one just rambling and just going, you know, I think Becky would be quite happy to just stand there and stack CDs and not yeah, talk. In silence, yeah. Yeah. And then Jesse's just like, I want to get to know this person. So I am going to do it. And he's just not going to stop talking. And like you said, he just reacts to Becca's comments yeah. with his own kind of quips and, and mm-hmm. sarcastic comments back. Yeah. But they're almost it, like more positive. Just like, yeah. 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 And that's why I think that the external version showed a lot more. It added much more to their initial friendship than the the quick bit that we had in the normal version totally yeah like you get to see that evolving and they Mm -hmm. almost get into like a really lovely rhythm between the two of them as much as beck is quite standoffish i think you see her warming up to him a bit more yeah she she cracks a smile yeah you just kind of see them kind of coming into their own as uh as the sort of the two of them but at the beginning i think he's obviously trying to warm her up a little bit and trying to get a reaction out of her yeah i think i feel like some of his lines sounded like they could have come from becca because of how sarcastic they are which ones uh ooh, i don't know if i have them uh remembered maybe the ones with um the glasses, the comments with the glasses, like you come off all mysterious and then and then boom, you take your glasses off and now you're the most beautiful person in the world or something. That's a little bit later during the scene. I think that's an interesting comment, though, that he makes with that, because, you know, this literally is the first time that they meet, like, properly. Like, oh, yeah. OK, according to Jesse, they already know each other because they made eye contact and that's enough to to know somebody for the first time. But he kind of lays out his interest in Becca at that scene, like getting to oh, yeah. know. And that, that is such a line. That is such a sort of like, I don't want to say it's like a pickup line. It's not really. But it, I don't it know. <laughs> kind of alludes to the fact that like, I'm going to reference this very popular type of thing that happens in movies that a lot of people would get is the taking the the girl that everybody assumes is ugly and then you know the, yeah. the amount of 90s movies where they take the glasses like off the and princess the diaries <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> <laughs> was it she's all that and yeah all those types of films and reference you as as the person we're talking about i think it's a cute way to tell her that she he thinks she's attractive yeah, it's kind of, it's quite subtle as well, like, because at the beginning of that sentence, you're not expecting him to kind of compliment her in any way, and then he just kind of goes for it. He's not ashamed to just kind of... Yeah, but it, it doesn't come off, it doesn't come across as douchey either. It's kind of cute in a dorky sort of way, which he is. He's a dork, so <laughs> yeah, it works well. Definitely. And I did kind of like the fact that they added it as almost like a movie reference because it's Jesse and of course he's going to reference movies. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. One thing I thought was really funny though, especially with that comment is the fact that 
as much as Jesse tries and like says like cute things like that, Becca just immediately has like a deadpan face and just like, I don't wear glasses. Like yeah, just one sentence that. answers. <laughs> that kind of shuts him down before he can try it further. <laughs> yeah. And obviously I don't know what's going on in Becca's head, but like, I I kind of got the impression as that scene kind of came out that she kind of put her walls up straight away when he first came in because like, who's this stranger saying he knows me? And then as they kind of go back and forth with her just giving him like really short responses and yet he just mm -hmm. carries it on and keeps going that I think they start to kind of settle into that good banter place that they end yeah. up in. Like yeah. he kind of warms to at least that side of him and he's trying to... You know, like you said, I mean, how could you not like a golden retriever? Like Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesse. This is, yeah, <laughs> he tries so hard. Like, I get yeah, he does. just watching him. Like, I don't have that type of energy and I couldn't do what he does. Of just, me either. Yeah. I mean, he, I, my people might not like me for saying this, but he does remind me a lot of Chloe. He and does. Just, I, I agree. I actually wrote a fic where... Uh, there are half brother and sister, Jesse and right. Chloe. And I thought the dynamics worked well because they were basically like very similar per people. Um, so yeah, that was a fun one to write. It just worked well. It's amazing how somebody as sarcastic and as uh, Beck image just seems to attract these very sunny, outgoing right? people o into life. Opposites attract. I guess that's true. So yeah, and as much as she doesn't want to be like the attention on her or anything, they just kind of like home in. They just home yeah. in on back. Yeah, she can't help it. She's like a magnet to golden retrievers. Pretty much, poor Becca. <laughs> well, it is what it is. <laughs> How do you think Becca is reacting to Jesse at this kind of scene? I think she doesn't want to like him. Because let's face it, she's in Barden not to bond with any with anyone because she'll be out of there in a year or so. So she's not interested in making friends, I don't think, or creating relationships. So she's just like, okay, fine, I'll stack CDs with you. You can talk all you want. But then I think by the end of the scene, she's kind of amused. And then there's also other scenes where Jesse's making fun with the CDs making them faces uh, from the covers. And you can see that she's growing fond of him. So I, like I think her plan just doesn't go according to what she was thinking. It's kind of interesting because I watched a little bit further on and to Becca's dad scene and there's a lot of talk of her being on her own or she hasn't made any friends. And I think, like you said, maybe she's just closed off because she's just trying to get through keep her head down and just yep. like, I just need to get through this year or whatever. I don't need to get to know anybody and I'm just going to do my own thing. Yeah. And then actually people like Jesse, who's not going to give up, like he shows in this scene, no matter how many times she just <laughs> cuts the conversation off, he's just <laughs> exactly. going to keep going. Yep. And when you're going to be there for that long stacking CDs with someone, you want to want to have some sort of relationship or banter or just keep you going for that whole time. And yeah, exactly. at least Jesse has a sort of lovableness that kind of at least makes it fun. And he's quite lighthearted, I think, as well yep. in the way he does things. Yeah, I agree. So Becca might not want it, but 
these sunshine characters are going to come around and just like make her life a little bit more livable, whether she knows <laughs> it or not. Yep. By the end of it, we're thinking like, do you think they're friends by this point, or do we think maybe not friends, but like Becca can bear the thought of working with him uh, several times a week. I'd say, <laughs> <laughs> especially if you're going to be stacking that many CDs. Like, exactly. Yeah. At least he makes it like bearable. Yeah, exactly. She, she she's probably thinking it it won't be as terrible as it could have been, or she, or uh, as she thought it would be. Totally. Same with the Bellas, basically. Yeah. <laughs> it, it does seem to be the way with Becca that, especially Pitch Perfect One Becca, she kind of has a uh, an idea in her head or like she assumes it's going to be one way and then people kind of draw yeah, and her she, in. And, and, and she's pretty pessimistic from mm. what I've gathered. So obviously all of these things come as surprises because it's not as terrible as she thought it would be. Obviously, the back the ballads are a bit more than maybe the radio station because she kind of wants to do the radio station. I don't think she ever appreciated that she would actually like the ballads as much as she ended up liking them. Definitely not. Yeah, <laughs> especially when like she's attracting all these very like happy, sunshiny, like energetic people. Yeah, you would assume that she'd get quite frustrated or find them annoying but then she just seems to attract them and uh, gets on quite well with a number of them <laughs> and even insists on helping when they're stuck true yes because she comes back at the end when everything is just goes wild with the vomit scene and stuff and she's there she comes she comes back because yeah she grew fond of this group <laughs> See, she does love them, really. She's just got to get there. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. There's a little bit of a long way to go from this scene to the end, but she'll get there. <laughs> like you said, if we take the extended version of this scene, it adds a whole other layer to it. Like we've talked a little bit about just getting to know how Becca and Jesse kind of interact and, and things like that. Was there any particular points from the extended scene that just kind of jumped out to you and you were like, this is so useful to know or this like explains this so much more? I like the bit of uh, when Jesse describes Luke as in, oh, look, this attractive guy, he's already my nemesis um, <laughs> because he has tattoos and muscles and, and stuff. And I thought it was nice for a guy to recognize that another guy was attractive because that's not an easy thing to do for guys, I think. They usually like don't want to point out if a guy is, an, is attractive, if another guy is attractive. So that was surprising, and I kind of like that. And then there's the flirting. We've got the bit where she says, oh, I don't wear glasses, to the... Yeah, I mean, he I calls her was... beautiful. I mean, that's so sweet. Like, yeah. you know, I would be so awkward if somebody did that, but like, at least he kind of recognizes her or like whether you want to take that as like the compliment it is or just appreciate the compliment like however you want to interpret that like it's nice when somebody calls you that anyway even if you know it's awkward and I'm sure Becca just kind of puts the walls up but in the yep. extended version he keeps going he said point. at some point just wait you'll go all squeedy and drape yourself all over me it will be fun you'll see that was a flirty bit. And then there's another one where he says, it's a good thing we're going to be best friends and or lovers. 
I love that bit too. Can we just appreciate in this extended version, his confidence level? Yes. Oh my word. I know. Like, what? I feel, I feel like he's got game. And I'm going to be honest. I always say it on here. I don't know. People might be, like, be mad at me because I, all I write is Bicloe. But I did ship Jekka for a minute. I mean... I will be honest. <laughs> <laughs> because I thought they were cute together. I don't have a problem with Jekka. Like, I love Bicloe and I will stand on that ship. That is yep. my favorite place to be. Same. But the first few times I saw Pitch Perfect, like... I liked them, yeah, you know, same. they're a cute couple. And yeah, I mean, I think Jesse's quite a charming character. So like, you know, we have to give a shout out to the Jekka fans out there, wherever yep. they are. They're not as vocal online. As nope. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it is a ship and people have written Jekka fix and There stuff. is one actually who has, which has a lot of comments uh it wasn't fanfiction.net i think it's coffee something the title and mm -hmm. it was right below experimentation oh really so, yeah it had quite a lot of hits but i can't remember the name i think it definitely has coffee in the title um so yeah it's been a, a little bit of like i haven't checked out fanfiction.net for a while but i remember When I look for fix, I go with the highest reviews to just know that I'm coming across the really good stuff. That's so interesting because people don't write Jekka as much anymore. Oh, it was a while ago because I remember checking it out in 2013 and it was there already, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's Caffeine Boost. It's called Caffeine I got it. Boost. Yeah. And it's, uh, it has 40 chapters and 1,595 reviews. Wow. So it must be good. <laughs> yeah. Really good even. Yeah, but I've never gotten around to reading it. There we go. So if you want to get into Jekka, that is a, <laughs> a good place to start. <laughs> yep. And obviously, like, we do get this whole scene, where, especially the extended version, where you get, I mean, it is kind of Jesse flirting with Becca. Yes. He is very straightforward about that. Like, But still, like I said, not in a douchey or creepy way, I think. Just in a dorky, cute way. I think that's nice. In the screenplay, when Jesse meets Benji for the first time, this is how they describe the two of them. It says, Benji is the benevolent nerd who makes Jesse look sturdy by comparison. <laughs> so, like, Jesse's also supposed to be quite a dorky kind of guy but when he the when he's paired with benji he's supposed to look like the more kind of buff one <laughs> in comparison yeah. but he's not quite buff you know yeah, yeah yeah i see what you mean yeah that's an accurate description i think <laughs> yeah so like he's probably a bit nerdy and dorky but he could be cool but he's not really because yeah exactly Jesse. yeah yeah <laughs> One thing that we haven't talked about with this whole scene, because Jesse comes with this whole load of confidence that, I mean, fair play to the guy. Like, he's seen an attractive girl and he's given it a shot. But there's one thing that we didn't highlight was the fact of Luke. Yes. Because as you mentioned earlier, Luke goes back into the booth. When he's talking on the mic, Becky, like, looks up and looks at Luke in the booth. 
according to the screenplay, I'll read what it says in this. Because mm-hmm. I was like, oh my word, okay. Ignoring him, Becca starts sacking CDs. Becca steals a glance at Luke and Jesse clocks this. And so that's when Jesse makes the comment about Luke and he says, Luke's attractive, excellent bone structure, full head of hair, fancy undershirt. I think I've met my, we've met my nemesis. That's in the extended version only. Yeah. If you've read the screenplay now, and I don't think many people know this, there is this whole subplot in the screenplay that Becca is attracted to Luke. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene later on or a deleted scene where she goes with him to a club after the semifinals. And in the screenplay talks about the fact that she likes him. Yeah. And that's weird. <laughs> yeah. And then and then he like realizes this is happening and then has to like reference the fact that his girlfriend is the DJ. But like it implies that Becca likes Luke. Yeah. Is there's also a scene before that that implies it. It's when Luke asks Jesse to get him burgers or something. And Jesse's like, are you sure, man? You know, burgers, that's a lot of fat. And then he lifts up his, his shirt to reveal his abs. And he says, I think I'm good. And Becca says, he's good. He's good. Yeah. And then back to Luke, you're good. Like, that's blatant. Totally. Like, I, and it wasn't until I, like, saw the deleted scene or read the screenplay that I really clocked that there was this whole, like, bit that they had written into the story of, Becca being attracted to Luke and I was like mind blown at this point <laughs> like <laughs> what are we thinking of that pairing I don't even know what that ship would be called I don't know Lekka <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's weird to think about I don't see them together I see them as bros like I've written them in fix as well where they're friends or co-workers I like the idea that they create their own label further cool. down the line. It's in pieces, I think, that I wrote it, wrote it that way. But lovers? No. <laughs> I've never really... It never crossed my mind. Yeah, it is a... It is a... Like, a very odd thing to think about. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, because I think because obviously in the movie you end up getting the very Jekka storyline. But just whole idea that Becca and Luke... I get the impression, though, in what they wrote, that it wasn't mutual. Like, I don't think Luke, mm, whether or yeah. not he found her attractive, I don't know. But he, they've made it out in the screenplay that she had, he had a, a girlfriend. So. Yeah. And I think he only sees her as the freshman who is only starting out. And, yeah, I don't think he sees her as, any, as a potential lover. Or, yeah, I don't see it. I mean, that ship didn't really take off. Luke and Becca, so that would be, yeah, like Lekka. Lekka, Lekka. Lekka, I think. Or Book. That, Book. that doesn't sound right. <laughs> yeah, I think we'll just stick with Lekka. Lekka. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And speaking of Jesse and Luke, I wanted to find out what people's opinions were on this whole thing. Who do we prefer? I put up a load of polls to just get your thoughts on this whole thing. Different places had different opinions. So on Facebook, there was a 60% lead for Luke. People were really, really feeling Luke 
if I then go to Twitter, it was like leading Luke for a long time. It was like heavily leaning towards Luke. But in the end, it was a 50-50 split between Luke and Jesse. So a little bit undecided there. And also on Instagram, it was a 62% lead for Jesse. People really were into Jesse on Instagram. Clearly that is where a lot of the Jekka fans must be. So pretty much it's like pretty even split between whether or not you prefer Jesse or Luke for Becca. When we look at the uh, potential love interest for Becca Mitchell in the guise, everybody's a bit undecided. It's a good job Chloe Beale wasn't in the mix. But it does set Jesse up because then, like you said, he kind of feels like, oh, he she's kind of paying attention to this guy. I need yeah. to step up my game. Exactly. And then he lays it on. I mean, it's fairly thick <laughs> in his confidence level. Yeah. Whether he just continues going because Becca's just, I mean, she's shutting him down time after time after time. <laughs> yeah. I actually don't remember the rest quite well. I haven't seen the first movie in a while, but I do remember that. Yeah, he insists, but same kind of is in, in his dorky way. And yeah. What I love, though, is the fact that as this is continuing, he's like, you know, he says a number of his lines, like the one about wearing glasses and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like when they start off talking or Jesse talking and Becca just deadpan responding, she's kind of almost coming across as a bit frustrated. Like, I just want to do my thing. And she's frustrated because yeah. she's stacking CDs and she'd mm-hmm. rather be doing something else. Obviously, there's reference to the sex desk, which... I mean, do we even want to know what happened there? No. Apparently, <laughs> apparently poor Luke is that an issue. Although in the deleted section of that scene, Becca does say that she has a black light. A black light? Yeah, so it's one of those UV oh, lights yeah, yeah. where it, like, if you light up, it will show all she the does? stuff on the desk. I didn't notice. Ooh, imagine. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think Becca uses a black light for? <laughs> Since she it's has so- one weird item to have i must admit <laughs> well i suppose like if you're a dj you could have a uv light for like a uv rave you know yeah. those things i mean how many of those you have i don't know but like whenever i've done uv parties you need a lot of black lights okay uh, and then they make your teeth look weird <laughs> <laughs> but i think as they're like talking and it's going through the scene i think she starts enjoying it like, I think she quite likes responding to his stupid statements and yeah. kind of giving oh, yeah, you can, back you can as much. see her smirking a few times. So yeah. I guess she does enjoy it. And then she like, there's a bit where she's calling him a weirdo and like, like yeah. I can just insult you and you're just going to take it. And like, that's where they kind of get that fun banter between them. But then sure. J- Jesse says this and I was like, interesting. Like, so he says, uh, you know, I wouldn't pass this up. Once I'm a treble, I probably won't have time for you. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so that, I mean, that's like him just giving it back as much as Becca's like shut him down. Definitely. I was like, okay, so this guy clearly has a lot of confidence. The auditions haven't happened yet, but he's already got his eyes set on being a treble. For sure. Yeah, that's just, kind of his goal when coming to Barton, isn't it? Joining the trebles. 
it's quite fun as well because like it seems like he didn't really know about the troubles till Benji showed him them at the activity. Oh, did he? Okay, I didn't remember that. Oh, Benji like that. is the one who wants who wants to join them pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, Jesse's like, "Oh yeah, organized nerd singing. This is great." <laughs> and he like has his little singing moment, but it was like, "Oh wow!" Like from that moment, he's kind of decided, "I'm gonna be a treble." Like. He's he's so confident that he's gonna be there. Yeah. I mean, he can be because his voice is really nice. That's true. I, I like his voice. He's got a good voice. I like the the bit in the audition th- scene. He goes high at some point, and yeah, I think he's he's really good voice. So his confidence in getting in is pretty well placed. Then, like he's yeah. Yeah, he should feel confident that he's gonna get into the trouble. Yeah. I also love that because obviously Jesse's a bit of a dork as we've already said that the troubles being who they are and like okay yeah they're not the coolest but in their circle they're pretty like you know they're like the top dogs that's where he wants to be he can do organized nerd singing this is Jesse he's kind of in between between a jock and a loser basically (laughs) he knows his lane he knows where he can sit in quite happily and like do (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) One of the things I think, especially with the early trebles, is that they have this kind of air of arrogance that they come with. I think the interesting with Jesse is he has confidence, but it's not necessarily arrogant. Yep. He's a different, yeah, he's very different from like Bumper. It's a nice type of confidence, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when he sort of man- made reference to the fact that he's going to be a treble, like he's using it as if like, I'm going to be a treble, so you're going to want this. <laughs> at some point like <laughs> yeah that's funny <laughs> he must know by that point like the reputation the troubles have you know he's seen them he's seen like some of the girls fangirling over the troubles so like mm-hmm. he's probably thinking this gives me a one-up with the ladies here we go and, th- yeah, and that- especially with becca because she likes music so you would think. that's like one point for him and then <laughs> becca's response uh, she says, you know, I didn't think you could find a way to be less attractive to me. But oh. congratulations, you just did. <laughs> I actually didn't see that. Um, yeah, that's I, I like that. I like that banter. She's really quick with replies. Yeah, she really is. And like, I get the impression she's not trying to be like mean, but it's like, it's that level of poking fun at someone which, like, if you know they can take it. And Jesse just seems to be, like, one who can take it. Like, he almost becomes the whipping boy to Becca because Becca can just throw insults and he's just, like, hitting them away. Like, yeah. just... <laughs> yep. See, that's, like, I think their chemistry is pretty um, obvious from that scene just because of their banter. Yeah. And it also just shows Becca's feelings about acapella again if you if you didn't get it (laughs) (laughs) if the yikes wasn't enough in the activities fair yeah it's pretty lame like (laughs) she's not really feeling this acapella thing quite yet Mm -hmm. that's going to change because of a certain ginger but you know we're not going to get there today but (laughs) yeah obviously we know how it goes in the movie whether you like the outcome of that or not but (laughs) it all kind of sparks from this scene yeah for sure and I mean, I'm going to go there because we are talking about it. I know it's not the Chloe guys. Okay. We appreciate that. <laughs> but I mean, 
are we saying that Jesse was right at the end of Pitch Perfect 1? I guess so. I mean, he does say, like you said, you're going to go all squibby and drape yourself all over me. It'll be fun. You'll see. He says they're going to get together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess he was right. <laughs> and dra- I don't know I don't what think, squibby means, actually. I don't know. Like, I just, I have no idea what they're trying to say with that line. But Probably go whole- all, all um, flustered over him. Not flustered, but like fangirl, but on a, on a lesser level. I would say maybe even if technically it was Becca who kind of grabbed it by the horns and did it in the end, like that was actually surprising to me. What Becca at the end of the movie. Yeah. That Why she's is the that? one who makes the move. That's true. I mean, he, she does grab him. Yeah. Maybe it was just like, if nothing else, just to prove Jesse slightly wrong, I can uh, take control of this situation as much as you can. So Mm-hmm. I'm not going to let you have all the cards. Out of all the characters in Pitch Perfect who make their move, Jesse gets some sort of endgame at the end of it. So clearly his confidence paid off in some way, shape or form. <laughs> well, thank you so much for like going through this scene with me. You're welcome. It was a pleasure. Especially because it was it's such a short section, but like you mentioned before, when you then take the deleted scene and you're like, wow, there's like a lot here. Mm-hmm. Yep. If people want to check out any of your stuff, where can they uh, see that? It's suit up. So it's S-U-I-T, three U's, P. It's hard to spell in foreign language. .tumblr.com. And then I'll have the same username on AO3. And yeah, I'm also open to chat on Tumblr or on Discord afterwards. Like I'm like, I, I like to speak to people. So don't, be shy don't hesitate i've had some people saying oh i was so shy to actually talk to you and i'm like "Uh, please do i'm i'm just a normal person (laughs) um so don't be intimidated yeah come talk whenever and in our fan fiction highlights this week we're taking a look at some vampires we got some soulmates and becca's going back to school starting off with All That Remains by Ridiculously Over-Obsessed. If you have been following Ridiculously Over-Obsessed and their Vampire Hunters Incorporated fix, they started off in Horror Week and continued on after that point. And the way they've done it, it's like... I mean, it's literally like a TV series. So each fic is part of this series which is Vampire Hunters Incorporated and it is like a little I want to say it's like a crime fighting team but it's like (laughs) supernatural AU where you've got this team that is trying to kind of protect the world in some way shape or form with Aubrey as the vampire hunter you've got Stacy who's it who can do magic and then you've got Chloe and Becca as vampires which make up the team the crime-fighting team Vampire Hunters Incorporated, and I am all here for it. I read this series over Horror Week, and I just fell in love with the team and the characters, and this has now just become a series where each one is connected, and it's growing into whatever it's becoming. The other side, I've, I've spoken to the author a bit, and 
ridiculously over-obsessed man. I don't know where they get half the ideas from, but I read it and my mind just wanders with amazement at what is going to happen next and I've just kind of fallen in love with these characters. Recently, they did this kind of twist in the story that blew my mind and I was like, I've got to feature this. I've got to talk about it because my mind is blown. So all that remains is this fic and the summary says... With the mole compromising every operation the Vampire Hunters Incorporated undertakes, the team takes dramatic steps to try and flush them out. But with their plan comes a chain of events with potentially dangerous consequences that will change everyone's lives forever. It's available to read on AO3. And so, like... This is interconnected to the universe of Vampire Hunters Incorporated, so there are things that have kind of happened up to this point, but this particular fic is just a roller coaster of emotions. Like, seriously. Because you fall in love with these endearing characters, and part of the series, what's quite gripping, is the fact that there is this overarching villain that is been running alongside the series so far and these poor characters have had to go through a heck of a lot already because of this villain and it seems like they're gonna have to go through some more and so when you delve into this part of the story like you're already pretty like invested in these characters or you already kind of fall in love like Becky and Chloe are together and they're so sweet and then you've got Strawberry and each of the characters come with their own backgrounds and experiences that they share and help them all play a part in Vampire Hunters Incorporated and a number of them have had some history now through the fix and what's happened to them and so it's interesting seeing how that plays out in this story and how maybe past I want to say it's episodes but it's like past fix affect what they do now and they've gone through so much and you're just like, oh, I'm so glad they're just like a tight-knit group. And they're just, they keep on going. It's so good. And of course, as the summary says, things take a little turn for the worst. And you know there's a mole, as it says in the summary. So you're like trying to pinpoint who the mole is. Like with all the other characters and this universe that has been created, like you don't want these characters to go through too much. You know, you've kind of, seen them grow through the series and you're like come on you guys have got this and so as this whole fic is playing out you're just like you think you know who it is and then it's not who you think it is and it just like it just keeps going and it gets really dramatic because Paul Stacy gets taken by surprise and it's like deathly ill and there's like cliffhangers in there and all sorts it's very tense it's very tense situation. And this villain, this villain that's kind of overarching the series, man, like, you really come to hate this villain. It's Gail, for stars. And, like, she has done a lot of nasty stuff to this team. Like, between the four of them, you're just like, okay, I don't want anything else bad to happen to them. I just want them to get rid of the bad guy. Gail, you need to go, okay? I'm sorry. You're just causing too much heartache. It's enough now. I don't know if I can stay sane enough to watch what else you plan to do to these poor characters. And so it's like this great battle of like good versus evil. You get really annoyed at Gail because she's just like, 
she's always in the shadows doing something she's concocting plans and like all this stuff is happening and you just want them to like figure it out and solve everything and so like it is a real roller coaster of a story man i feel like ridiculously over obsessed you are like taking us all for a ride and i must admit one of the reasons why i wanted to highlight this one is because of the ending and if you weren't already invested in this series of stories and i just love the fact that it's become almost like a tv series because it's started off with all these little fix building up the universe and they were quite fun and you established this team and now we're getting to kind of really see this team come into its own and fight this villain i mean i am a super fan of the power rangers and this literally feels a little bit like the power rangers like it's like rita repulsa i mean it's gail so both elizabeth banks i mean clearly just like the Power Rangers have to keep battling until they can get to the point of destroying the bad guy, this team are needing to fight through to eventually, fingers crossed, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen to destroy the bad guy. I mean, we are just all hoping. You're just, like, fearful of how much damage they're going to have to go through. And this fic really, like, draws you in with that. And obviously, you then have all the action of this team fighting the evil people like vampires or whatever else they come across supernatural stuff so you've got like the action in there you've got the suspense you've got supernatural stuff happening there's so much like thrown in here to kind of build this amazing universe and then on top of all of that this fic has a great twist at the end i'm not going to give it away because it's so good <laughs> oh my word was I expecting what was going to happen to happen? No. And I wasn't the only one because luckily, like, I looked at the comments. My word, like, the shock factor. So good. So, so good. So it is well worth checking out. And if you just want to go for, like, if you just need some good action with characters from Pitch Perfect, throwing in there as well a bit of Supernatural, this is fantastic. And I... I'm so excited to see how this is all going to play out. There's so many fix error. I don't even know how many fix it's going to sort of end with. I can't wait to see what happens. And this fic is a really a turning point, I felt, with this story when, like, I can't not read it now because of what has happened and wanting to know how this is going to end because the ending and the twist in this has just changed everything. Going from that to... <laughs> My next pick, which is called Love of Music by Fire Roasted. This is available on AO3 and the summary says, Music producer Becca Mitchell is passionate, talented, amazing at her job and sought after in her industry. But when she finds herself committing to a speaking tour across the country, it feels like the end of the world. Becca hates public speaking enough as it is. But speaking to classrooms of children, no thanks. It doesn't seem worth it until she meets middle school music teacher Chloe Beale, that is. So this story is set as a prequel to another fic that they wrote called Welcome to the Afterlife, which is kind of a strawberry story. And it includes the world of Among Us. This little kind of universe that Fire Roasted has created, you get this lovely, sweet, the Chloe story. And... 
I must admit, I was really intrigued with this story with the whole idea that Becca being quite an established person and having this really, really great job. And there's been a lot of fics where you get to see Becca kind of being a great music producer and being this landmark person in her industry. And I love the little twist of having all of that, but then also having this weakness and having this kind of like worry of public speaking that like, yeah, put her behind a music desk and mixing desk and let her do her thing and she'll be great and she can work with high profile clients and it's all good. Take her out of that and it's a different story. And I loved like seeing that contrast between like her comfortable place and her comfortable setting to then being thrown into this whole environment where she's just a bit like, why? Why did I do this to myself? I love the inclusion of the characters as well with Stacy and Emily and like how they all kind of played a part in where Becca was. There's a lot of fun banter, especially between Becca and Emily. I found it really fun seeing their exchange and their friendship in this fic and how even when Becca's just like, I don't want to see she's having a paddy, but she's just like having a moment where just like, she's questioning why her like life choices all over again. Emily's just like on the side, just being positive and having that positive spin on everything and just continually to just to have a good outlook on everything that's happening. I also loved it because there's something really endearing about having Becca and Emily as like good friends. I feel like, between the two of them they're like a pairing where potentially just bizarre stuff would happen I don't know what it is about those two together but I think there's almost like a certain amount of innocence that just seems to happen with Becca and Emily that sometimes whether or not they're playing off of each other or whatever it is they just kind of get themselves in moments I love it and so you get them going to do these public speaking tour around the states and they end up at the school and I loved the sort of chaos of this fic whether it was Becca's chaos because she's stressed and she doesn't want to public speak or it's the chaos of the classroom and you get all these little moments of just pure chaos in different ways I mean when she walks into Chloe's classroom it is just like a bit of a mess poor Becca's just like what the heck am I doing (laughs) And then like something will twist or change and it will just change the whole mood of what's happened. Like Becca's like questioning everything and then she sees Chloe and then it's like, oh, wow, okay, maybe, uh, maybe I'll try this. Or they, you know, so they hear someone sing or Becca's frantically like pacing outside of a school trying to figure out what to do. And these crazy kids come up to her and start make, asking all these questions like, I hate it when kids do that. It's the worst. And then you feel like the the dumb one in this conversation. (laughs) They're just like analysing you and poor Becca trying to react to that. Also, just like Becca just comes with a load of inner monologue chaos. There's a great bit where she goes into the school to see Chloe and she's not in the classroom where she thinks she would be. And so they kind of end up meeting each other when Becca eventually finds her and Becca's so awkward because she wasn't sure what to do but then you get to kind of see her trying to salvage the situation because there's no other reason for her to be there apart from maybe saying hi to Chloe. Chloe knows this 
and yet Becca for some reason then feels the need to try and save face and just all these little moments that kind of connect all together and I really loved how it wasn't just like a meet cute like this could have been like a quite a quick story and there's nothing wrong with that it could have just ended there but I was surprised that there was more to the story and it was establishing what happened after the meet cute as well to lead into what was the next fic welcome to the afterlife and so like it was lovely having all these pieces together and then also just these characters that were so endearing and even those that maybe you didn't get a lot from like emily i just fell in love with emily's role in this story even stacy she's not in it that much but like the points that she did have had quite a big effect on people like becca and having these two people from very different worlds and how their lives have kind of crossed paths and creating a new life together. It's really fascinating and I totally enjoyed it. And the final fic that I wanted to highlight today is a soulmate fic called The Book by Aubrey Posen Esquire and please act surprised on AO3. The summary says Stacy Conrad turns 18 and finally receives her soulmate book. She is surprised to find out that she has met her already. So we've got a strawberry fic. And as many of you probably know, I am a little bit of a sucker for soulmate AUs. I love them. This is a completely different take on it because the soulmate thing happens in a book. And I did appreciate in the fic, as the fic lays itself out, they give you a background to how this works in this universe and how this book plays a role in everybody's lives i've never read a soulmate fic like this one where there's like a physical book so it was really interesting just to get those little pieces of info that kind of built this universe and how the universe operated and that also came with like a lot of questions with how different characters perceive these books and where they came from and maybe how that dictates how they live their lives it's quite interesting they could have turned into really deep themes in the story. They didn't to keep this kind of more lighthearted story. But it was interesting having them there as well. And it kind of made me think about all these little aspects that connected the story together. This is kind of set in a kind of AU of Pitch Perfect 1 with the little twists here and there in the story. So, for example, like Aubrey and Chloe live in the Bella's house. Stacy and Becca are roommates or dorm mates and that's kind of how this little universe is made up i love how it kind of joins with stacy and the excitement of having her soulmate book and wanting to kind of delve into finding out who her soulmate is the excitement of waiting until your 18th birthday or whatever to finally do this and find out who it is so really really interesting kind of how she delves into this and starts this conversation with a stranger that you've never met and it it does kind of make you ask questions of like what would i do in this situation like what would you say to this other person you have no idea that looks like that is supposed to be your better half or the person you're supposed to be with or whatever and how are you supposed to break the ice are you just going to just delve into it or are you going to take things slow because you really don't know who they are and maybe you have to build up the trust level first or something like that so it was really interesting how the different characters treated this 
especially somebody like Aubrey and Stacy, because they're very different. Having these quite two extremes of characters and how they navigated this meet-cute. And it's quite interesting because it's like a meet-cute that you're expecting to happen. So it's almost like you could prepare in some way for it. You just didn't know exactly when it was going to be, but you knew that it was going to be through a book. So it was really interesting seeing how both of them navigated this happening. And I think what's really interesting as well, because they didn't know who each other were, and they'd already met because this is in Pitch Perfect One universe and they're already all in the Bellas as Stacey discovers who her soulmate is and puzzle pieces are connecting together that first they were just trying to get to know each other and kind of build from first impressions and that shifts very quickly to then wait I already know this person so the first impression has already been created before you even knew about it and does the impression that you've got reflect on how you're going to treat this person and with a character like Stacy who potentially has kind of aired her view of relationships already in or what you assume is her view of relationships how does that make the other person feel and how are they going to treat her any differently because Stacy is just as excited to have her soulmate book and to meet her soulmate as anybody else and just because she's expressed that she has the hunter and and everything like that is that really going to make that big of a difference? Like, is her history or whatever she did supposed to turn you off? And of course, you've got a little bit of the Chloe in there as well. But I loved just kind of seeing the dynamics between Stacey and uh, her soulmate and a completely new take on the soulmates that I had never kind of seen or read before, which was really, really exciting. So those are my fan fiction highlights for this week a big thank you to suit up for joining me today as we dive into barden radio and becca and jesse i don't know where all the jekka fans are but there are going to be future jekka episodes i mean pitch perfect one has a few scenes in there so i'm going to need some more jekka fans at some point if you want to keep up to date with the podcast you can as we are on instagram tumblr twitter and facebook and of course subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast and leave us a review i've also set up our ko-fi accounts if you want to support the podcast in any way and help us keep it running then you can i really really appreciate everybody who has contributed and all of it is going towards the podcast and helping me keep it all running so i really appreciate all of your support and thank you so much for listening i'll see you next time pitches